0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
1: You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky.
2: What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 225. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bootinggreennation.com. Brandon, how do you pronounce the candy that we were discussing before we started this podcast? I think I would say
1: Reese's Pieces, as opposed right. to and that is Reese's also,
2: Pieces. That's how I pronounce it, too, but I think it actually should be Reese's Pieces, as opposed to Reese's Pieces, whatever. I think that's maybe a local thing. Do you think? I like, think there's
1: three. I think there's three different things here. Actually, you just kind of touched on it. There's so there's Reese's piece, like Reese's pieces. Yeah, which I don't think we say. We say Reese's pieces, but then yes. I think some people do say Reese's pieces. pieces. I think some people say yeah. that, even though that's obviously not even a thing.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, that's probably a local Philly thing. I'm curious to hear weigh in, others people. weigh in on that. Hashtag, uh, we'll call it Reese's. PGN Radio? No, Reese's. Yeah. No. what Which? What should we call this?
1: Uh, let's just say uh, hashtag Jimmy Candy.
2: Okay, that works. Jimmy Candy. All right. Uh, why don't we get to uh, your little jerky plug, and then we'll talk <laughs> Eagles.
1: <laughs> big eagles game to talk about this week jimmy in week 12 but before we can get into it all i do have to mention that i'm very thankful for righteous felon craft jerky for being bgn radio sponsor and just being a great product that we obviously believe in you can go get some righteous felon craft jerky for yourself great holiday gift uh or again for yourself at righteousfelon.com discount code bgn15 for 15 off you can get other gifts for your dogs or your friend's dogs or whatever are going to wildnaturepet.com using the same discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order.
2: Legitimately good stocking stuffer, in my opinion. So Boom. Anyway, the Eagles are legitimate playoff contenders. And we talked a little bit about this before the Eagles beat the Saints in our last episode, of course. But now that they've gone ahead and beaten those Saints, they are a half game back in the NFC wildcard. And uh, they're actually like the nine seed right now, because there's a couple teams uh, in front of them that would be uh, actually just one team, I guess that would be on the outside looking in that are still ahead of them. What's that? The 49ers, I think, or like, would be like the eight seed. Um, but the Eagles are five and six. The um, The team occupying the seven seed right now is five and five. The Eagles have head to head wins over the Saints, uh, Panthers and Falcons. Uh, and as we mentioned in the last podcast, they still have their bye upcoming, as you pointed out. They have some advantages in terms of time of preparation uh, for various opponents. Uh, most notably, this week where they play the Giants, who are coming off uh, a Monday night game on the road, no less. Um, they're positioned well. The rest of their schedule is just the it's it's actually the easiest uh, in the NFL. And uh, when by you far. look when you look at it by con- in terms of context um you know as you noted uh they have more preparation time you also have that Cowboys game week 18 uh where they may or may not be resting starters but do you think it's realistic to even start looking at Dallas in terms of catching them for the NFC East title and not just the wild card
1: so i mean with the Cowboys losing to the Chiefs on Sunday i wrote an article oh did you on uh, sunday that. Night. okay well, it was just called the Eagles won today and the Cowboys lost. Okay. And the article did over like 10,000 page views or something, which is a lot for an article that was basically just like, like two Statement sentences long. That's <laughs> just, hey, it's just true. People, you know, like the good news. Um, to me, I had this discussion with RJ on the NFC mixtape. Obviously you can listen to that if you haven't already. Um, but I think it kind of comes down to this week, James. I think if the Eagles, well, obviously the Eagles have to take care of business and beat the Giants, but I think if the Raiders win, the Raiders somehow pull off the upset against the Cowboys. I think it becomes a conversation looking from just like a playoff odds perspective, the Eagles um winning, beating the saints. And then the Cowboys losing to the chiefs that increased their playoff odds on football outsiders from 3% to like 11%. So, okay. you know, kind of like a little decent little chance now. And then obviously if that uh, desired outcome happens this week, it's going to, it's going to be more. And then it becomes a conversation. And I was actually playing with this. I'm going to write, an article to plug the mixtape, and maybe this as well. This point about it, and like I basically think it comes down to, like, let's say the Eagles get the six and six, and the, the Cowboys are seven and four after this week. Well, I think you can kind of envision a realistic scenario where both teams could be nine and seven heading into Week eighteen. That would mm-hmm. require the Cowboys only winning two of their final five games which they have Saints the football team twice uh the Cardinals and the Giants but i think that's possible because i think the football team is playing a little bit better and i i, I don't know this maybe the Saints could give the Cowboys a run if the Cowboys are kind of struggling here um they're, they're going to beat the Giants i feel confident about that yeah. but the Cardinals you know that's going to be a tough game i think for them so i don't think anyone should be like you know holding their breath and saying it's likely right now but it's not it's not impossible
2: so if the Eagles wind up being um one game behind them heading into that week 18 game, then they got a chance. Cause if they, if they beat them, then they'll split on the head to head. But the Eagles are, um, the Eagles will have to win a lot of these games, obviously in, you know, down the stretch and they're all against NFC East uh, opponents. So theoretically they could be, um, they could have four, they could be four and one in the division heading into that final game. And if the Cowboys drop any one of those uh, three games against Washington or against the giants, then uh, the Eagles would win that tiebreaker. So, um, I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility, but as you said, I think it all starts on Thanksgiving with uh, that game. They, like, if they beat the Raiders on Thanksgiving, yeah. then it's really hard to see a path uh, to right. the Eagles winning the NFC East. But anyway, getting back to the main point, um, you know they are like legitimate wild card contenders at this point. Um, I looked at like you know the New. York I would say Times, favorites,
1: not even contenders. I think it's gonna happen. Thirty-eight.
2: They have them both. Both of those, like all these, like um, uh, these models. Have them as like less than 50% chance. (laughs) I think they're like better than 50% chance to get into the playoffs at this point. Where would you have them?
1: Like 90% chance. It's going to happen. How is it not going to happen? Like the only thing I see preventing them is like, you know, injuries, catastrophic injuries. Um, the 49ers or something like they just get really hot and don't lose. Like I don't know. I don't, I don't. So what's keeping them out? They're playing like, I know. That, obviously, this might sound funny from people who had doubts about the Eagles earlier this year, but I think what this defense has done has proven they don't lose to bad quarterbacks. Like They Mm -hmm. take care of bad quarterbacks. Again, they need to prove they can actually not get destroyed by the good ones, but they can at least do that. And then the offense is rolling right now. And I don't see anyone being able to kind of like suddenly – put this offense to, like, a complete halt, especially going up. Or even if they do, um, it's not like the offense even needs to be amazing down the stretch. As long as it can kind of be, like, decent, you're going to be able to get by some of these bad quarterbacks. So what, to you, like, is preventing them from making the playoffs?
2: I mean, just them losing games, which uh, – Yeah, but, like, how? I mean, you mentioned, like, how Was- you, mentioned, you mentioned that Washington is playing better, for example, than mm-hmm. than they were earlier this year. I think there's a loss somewhere in there. But, yeah, I yep. mean, but I'm with you. Like, looking at the rest of the schedule – I mean, Giants twice. They they're like you know near rock bottom right now. The Jets are horrendous. Yeah, it's just those two Washington games that you know are potential traps. Trap's mm. probably the wrong word because you know they know that they have to win all these games. But um, man, that would be like if if that if if they actually play the Cowboys for the division mm. week eighteen in Philly. Ooh, juice, baby. Yeah, <laughs> there will be a lot of juice for that game. And then, of course, if they, you know, do win the division, they get a home game uh, in the playoffs. Crazy down the stretch. And, you know, it all starts, obviously, with the way that they've run the ball. Uh, Segwaying into our next point here. Run game's crushing. Offensive line is absolutely destroying opposing defenses. Seems like Nick Sirianni has found the offensive formula that uh, can work out and, you know, that can work right now um, this season. And it's sort of an offensive formula that, you know, a lot of us thought was sort of the formula in June, but it took a little while for, for the Eagles to kind of get there. Um But I, my question to you is, is what they're doing offensively right now sustainable uh long-term? And uh, as a second, uh, you know, question to that, and if so, would the Eagles brass uh, be willing to play that way in 2022 and beyond? Uh You know, we all talk
1: about how the Eagles specifically, Jeffrey Lurie, you know, want to be, elite passing offense they believe that's the most sustainable way I think that is true but I do think at the end of the day like Jeffrey Lurie cares about winning the most I don't think he's necessarily Mm -hmm. married to a specific way if he believes a different way can lead to wins and that's this you know what the Eagles are going through now is obviously kind of making more of a case for that is it sustainable I mean Jalen Hurts has 19.5 pass attempts per game over the last four games that the Eagles have. That is just not sustainable. Like if, to give context here, like the average passing attempt per game from a team is like 36. So it's almost double of what the Eagles are at right now. Like I just, I can't see how that's, you can just do that. I feel like at some point, at some turn, especially against the better teams, which matters the most when you're talking about, you know, building a contender and everything, like, there's going to be a team out there that slows down this rushing attack and Jalen has to do more with his arm. And I don't think he's done enough with his arm this season on the course, like on the whole, obviously he's doing some good things recently, but I just don't think he's done anything to say that he can, he's proven he can carry the team with his arm in a situation where the run game isn't working and everything. So it's sustainable this year and it's going to get him to the playoffs, but I don't, I don't think it's like this thing that they can just count on for years to come.
2: So one thing that I like one comparison that I think uh makes some sense with uh the Eagles brass that you were talking about where like you know they they wanna win more than they wanna win a certain way um debatable actually on that I think, but <laughs> going back like twenty five years um there's an there's the example of like Brian billick who was the Vikings offensive coordinator um the year they went fifteen and one. And they scored like over five hundred and fifty points. Uh, of course that was like Randy Moss and Chris Carter and Jake Reed and Randall Cunningham. Um, and then they lost in the NFC Championship game as they uh typically do when they and they choke. <laughs> uh so anyway, he gets hired to be the Ravens head coach. Uh and their roster is built in a way where their defense is, you know, totally dominant, one of the best defenses of all time. And they have Jamal Lewis, like a big, you know like run people over kind of running back and he adjusted and adapted. Like he sure as hell did not want to run a uh, run heavy offense. And like his, like his vision of how to win a Super Bowl probably wasn't that, but he, you know, formulated his game plans around what they had uh personnel wise. So uh, I do wonder if the Eagles will, you know, kind of take that lesson uh, and other lessons uh, in NFL history and, and kind of run with that long-term. But um yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence on hmm. what the best direction going forward is because like we've seen glimpses of Jalen Hurts being able to throw the ball effectively the best example being in you know, that first half against the Denver Broncos which we talked about uh, at length uh during the last episode but I do think that we need to see him continue to improve mm-hmm. in those areas most notably accuracy um you know getting rid of the ball uh reasonably quickly, or at least going through progressions before he, you know, tucks the ball and runs, which again, we, we've we seen more of that in, in recent weeks than we did earlier this season, but we need to see con- continued improvement there. I wouldn't be totally against them running back with him, it, at least in 2022, if for whatever reason, prices are too high for veteran quarterbacks, or they just don't like anyone in the draft. Um, I think that, you know, they can be a fun product to watch again, like the way that they're playing right now. And obviously, you know, the big thing is they're winning. So, like, they've won, uh, three of their last four. And no matter what it looks like, as long as they're winning, people are happy. And, mm-hmm. um, I do think that they, you know, have found a formula. And it all starts at the offensive line, obviously. The offensive line being as dominant as it is. They don't have that. And they don't have the success that they're having right now. But uh, I, I do think it is, is you know, it, it now is in the conversation for me um, more than it was previously before, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts had shown some improvement in some of those areas.
1: So after the game on Sunday, I saw you before we headed down to the press conferences. And I asked you, because you've been keeping, you know, track of this all season mm-hmm. in terms of like, is this a stock up, a stock even,
2: stock down game for Jalen Hurts? And what did you say to me? So I thought it was kind of even at the time. But now that I've kind of like digested it a little bit more, I think just digested it a little bit more. I think he was so good in the run game mm-hmm. that you can't ignore it. <laughs> like you can't sure. ignore how good he was uh, as a runner in that game. And, and um, you know, I, I think I changed my mind on that. I think that, that was uh, a clear stock up uh, for him in that game. But as a, I mean, I was kind of in my mind, I was kind of viewing that question in, in terms of like being a passer and what I perceive the Eagles wanting to be uh as a team and what they want uh you know out of their quarterback going forward. but he was so good uh in the run game that you know you you have to factor in how good he is and you maybe build an offense around that but certainly he's such a weapon uh running with the football that um you know I think like it was it was next level <laughs> the way he yep. ran the ball in that game so uh, I the- think it's it's very clear it was it was a stack up for me
1: and against the NFL's number 1 run defense at of least course, it used to yeah. be at the time. Yeah. Uh, well they have 242 for total like and obviously Hurts first Eagles quarterback ever to have three rushing touchdowns. No big deal to me, put that in my bold predictions before the game. <laughs> I didn't even good, realize yeah. like that never happened before for an Eagles quarterback, so I was like, "Oh wow, this actually is a bold prediction in hindsight." Um so shout out to Jalen Hurts for making me look smart in that regard. Um that r- touchdown run obviously just like great in terms of the defender did the right thing, right? He he played the quarterback mm-hmm. there and he was in position to make, like, you know, tackle for loss probably, but <laughs> just juked him out of his shoes. That head fake was nasty. It was really good. And then, not only that, but then just to be able to, like, cut through the defense like that, just weave through. Right, right. Um, I feel like Jalen Hurts doesn't always, like, look fast to me. You know, like, Lamar Jackson, like, looks really fast. Like, mm-hmm. when you're seeing him run, like, just, you just see him just fly by guys, and guys don't have a chance. But, like, Jalen Hurts almost has, like, sneaky speed somehow. Like, he's just weaving through the defense, and no one's catching him. But it doesn't look he's, like he's, like, blazing by people. He's kind of just, like, gliding by. Um So, yeah, and obviously his impact, not even just running the ball himself, which he didn't even have crazy great production and efficiency wise. Like in this game, he had what? Like 18 carries for 64 yards or something. Mm. But then just the, just the, the, the running lanes he opens for, you know, the running backs on this team is really big. So, so I agree. You know, it was, it was definitely a good game. Stock up. I, I put him in my winners section for my winners, losers, uh, column each week, uh, this week. So, uh, that's good. I, you know, I think you made an interesting point recently. I think it was one of your mailbags when, Cause all the con, you know, the comparisons are to Lamar Jackson and like mm-hmm. kind of trying to build what the Ravens have done. Now, like, I don't know exactly what to make of this entirely. Cause I think sometimes good teams just lose in the playoffs, like the Eagles in the early 2000s, like the Eagles that they should have won a Super Bowl from that run. They weren't like a team that couldn't win the Super Bowl, right? right. Like, like. They were a team that was worthy of the winning the Super Bowl and it just didn't happen. It didn't mean that they were like doing everything wrong and they couldn't get it done and there was like this fatal flaw necessarily, um, as much as they, it just didn't happen for them. Sometimes you need breaks and they didn't get the breaks to some extent. Um, so I want to like kind of, uh, couch that here or like preface that because Lamar Jackson, who we talk about, like notoriously has not had success in the playoffs. And, you know, there's different circumstances there, but it feels like at some point, and I think to be clear here, I also think Lamar Jackson is a much better passer than Jalen Hurts. And I know there's been some like statistical comparisons going around of Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. And that's interesting. But like, I mean, I just don't think they're, again, they're comparable like talents. I think when you watch them play, Lamar is very clearly like a more, just a better player. Um, I think he belongs in the elite quarterback conversation, whereas I don't think Jalen Hurts really is up there. He's an elite runner, but he's not like an elite, you know, obviously passer. Um, So uh it's interesting. I, I, I do, you know, the Eagles are going to have to think long and hard about this. I think they're also, the thing I worry about is that they're not always honest with themselves and about on, uh, not in terms of like evaluating their own players, right. especially, and also maybe like the quality of wins that they're getting. And I would hope they can recognize that, like going down the stretch here, they're getting a lot of these favorable teams, but I don't know. They might just be like, it's a bottom line business and say, it doesn't matter. You're, just, you're winning. You're getting in. Um, so I don't know.
2: On that I Lamar haven't... Jackson, uh, you know, playoff struggles point. He's he's one and three in the playoffs. He got his first playoff win last year, beat Tennessee 20 to 13. Um, otherwise, you know, the other, the three losses that he has, the Ravens scored 17, 12 and three points. So like, it's not just the, you know, he had good games and they lost anyway, like their offense got totally shut down, uh, in, in many of those, you know, playoff losses. And actually I had another question in a different mailbag, uh, last week where, uh, or I think it was actually during my chat this week was, um, uh, are, you know, the being built theoretically for cold weather games. And I don't know that I buy that because like, I think like, you know, really good run offenses are thought to, you know, be good in the cold weather and I get it. Like the logic makes sense, but I think what it does is it makes teams that don't throw the ball well even more one dimensional. Like Aaron Rodgers, for example, is going to still throw the ball in the cold. <laughs> you know, like Tom Brady is still going to throw the ball and be, and can be successful in the cold. If you can't throw the ball that well to begin with, and then you add elements on top of it, it just makes you all the more one dimensional. So I don't know that that's necessarily a way to like, I don't know that like building your, your roster that way um for playoff success um is really uh makes makes a lot of sense to me personally like if you have extreme weather issues like we saw in the snow bowl against the lions and Shady McCoy ran all over them like that's different but like you know those those games are sort of like few and far between i don't think we really have to worry about that in these playoffs coming up if the, you know assuming the eagles do make them because you know their first round opponent is either going to be Arizona uh dome and nice weather Dallas dome uh la dome and uh is the one i'm missing here oh tampa which is obviously warm weather the only one that would that, w- that would factor in would be uh green bay and again you're facing a quarterback who can throw it in the cold in uh aaron Rodgers. so uh yeah i don't know that i necessarily buy that the eagles are well positioned uh to excel in cold weather games but anyway that's a side point what else did you learn from that eagles saints game brandon uh
1: I think you know TJ Edwards continues to be a really you know nice player for the yep. Eagles at linebacker I would not say he's like you know some kind of elite linebacker, one of the very best in the league. But at the very least, he offers the Eagles competency at a position where they've struggled to get that much um, for a long time now. So I think having TJ in there has not been a total coincidence in terms of this Eagles turnaround. It was really that Lions game where he first started to get, like, more serious playing time and being that starter in the middle. So I think that continues to be a big theme. I mean, he was he was a beast in the game. You know, he had the fumble recovery. Um, he had the interception, which was a nice. I thought it was a nice leaping interception early on. Um, not the best throw, but still, like to be able to get up and make that play. Um, and also, that's what we've always said about TJ. Like, he has athletic limitations, that much is clear just in terms of like the testing numbers. But I think what he uh, lacks of that is he makes up for to some extent with his instincts. And that's, I think, you know, a linebacker more than any other position. Maybe arguably, like, you have to have like a feel and like a no out there. You can't just be like, you know, Mr. Athleticism and not know what you're doing or your Davion Taylor in his rookie season. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think. That was one of the big things. Obviously, Darius Lay is playing really well this year right.
2: too. I'll uh, give two positives and two negatives real quick. So uh two positives, players that you know really haven't done anything this season showed up and JJ Arthago Whiteside is one of them who made <laughs> a huge catch. Big, give him credit. Like you don't sure. get a target the entire season and you stay engaged the way that he has, and he's just he was just ready for that uh for the ball to come to him in that situation, big 23 yard gain. They needed that first down sort of desperately in that situation. Like I still think they'd win the game anyway. Like I do not think the the game was really yeah. that uh, you know, uh dicey at any point. But uh huge play and that play basically I don't want to say put the game away, but it was, you know, a a pretty pretty big play for him. And then Ryan Kerrigan Finally did some stuff. He had some pressure um, on the on the aforementioned TJ Edwards interception. Uh, got other pressure at times uh, throughout the day a, on a low number of snaps, but he finally did something. And then my two negatives would be mm. Miles Sanders can't put the ball on the ground. Like, it's the one thing they just can't afford to have happen. And he did it twice and he got lucky. Um, that one of them was was blown dead because his forward progress had stopped. And by the way, they benched him. Like they took him out of – that was first down on that play. It was the first play yeah. of the drive. They took him out of the game after that second you know, near fumble. And the only reason – I don't want to say the only reason he got back in, but he didn't play for like the next two and a half – or like he didn't play the rest of that series. He didn't play the next series. He didn't play the series after that. And then he came back in, and by then Jordan Howard had already gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he would have gone back in the game. And like a lot of like the uh, post-game – like uh, discussion was, Oh, you trusted miles and you put him back in there. And, you know, and miles was like, yeah, I love that they trusted me to put me back <laughs> in there. And like, I mean, I don't know that he would have gotten back in if Jordan Howard hadn't gotten hurt. So um, that's something to watch going forward. Can he, you know, hang on to the football? Cause especially a, with Jordan yeah, Howard hurt here.
1: Yeah.
2: Especially. Yeah. With your, I mean, he's going to have to play obviously. And uh, he's going to be the lead back for, you know, however long Jordan Howard is out. And then my other negative is Jalen Rager is just doing nothing, and like I mean negative, just, just More, yeah, less negative. than nothing.
1: He's, <laughs> like, he's he's negative three yards in his last four touches. Jimmy,
2: he's got six games where he has twenty five or fewer receiving yards. He's got I, I believe four where he's either single digits or um, negative yardage. Um, he's been bad as a returner, frankly, too. Um, the the St.
1: Solomon's a weakness, clearly, like towards the end of the game and they started kicking like short to make him return. Yeah, yes. absolutely.
2: They were popping him up, hoping for, you know, like a holding call or blocking the back or something like that. Cause Fumble. they didn't, yeah. they, they didn't uh, trust him to get, you know, significantly past the 25 yard line or they thought. Or they thought also that they could tackle him, tackle him, you know, prior to the 25 yard line. So he's just doing nothing for them right now. And, you know, you and I, I think, Talked at length all throughout training camp and in previous years about you know how Greg Ward isn't um, you know much of a he's, not a he's not a player that other defenses are going to look at and go to oh, where we have to worry about that guy but at least he's going to make a few catches like and you know have some positive gains and can get you a first down here and there. Was Rager's giving you nothing right now? So I'd like to see his snaps either go more to Ward uh, and or JJ.
1: Or honestly, like maybe, you know, especially with Kenny Gainwell going to be active again. True, here too, with yes, missing yeah. time, Like mix him in the slot. Like, yeah. like even if it's like a, a, something by committee, like again, we're giving JJ a couple more, you're giving Greg Ward a couple more, you're getting gate, like you have to do something because the way, like it's just a joke, honestly. Like Raker's get, why is he getting playing time? You know why? Because he was a first round pick. There's literally no other reason. Right. I mean, he, he did fine as a punt returner against the Saints. If you want to keep him there, like, fine, whatever. But like, he can't be playing as much as an offense. And he shouldn't be the kick returner, honestly, either. I wish they would call up Jason Huntley. They won't do it. But he's honestly probably their best kick returner just based on like profile and his college numbers. Um, so yeah, it's, it just stinks that they're, they're clearly playing him. It's not a meritocracy when it comes to Jalen Riker. It's just not. It's, it, there's no, there's nothing that is being done by him to justify, the amount of playing time he's getting, and it's been present all season. It's not even like a bad stretch. It's a whole season-long thing,
2: and it's not a good not a good player.
1: It's the just, one last thing no, I'll say. It's just not good. It's just, no, it's it's not, just not
2: good. good. But hold on. Before you get to whatever you're going to get to, Kenny Gainwell, as you mentioned, he has more receiving yards than Jalen Rager. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Ertz, and we're with the Eagles, like not including what yeah, he's done in Arizona. Just since. with the Eagles. Like the guy, the they tight end number two on this team uh, that they traded – five or six weeks ago also has more receiving yards than Jalen Rager. So I don't know. Anyway, your last
1: point. I think Rager is 63 yards in his last eight games, which is just (laughs) like, it's it's just absurd. Um, My last thing is after the game, both Sirianni and Hurt said this, not only in their press conference, but in that post game uh, locker room, victory speech that the Eagles posted that they have an identity and it's not necessarily just about like running the football or what they do schematically or whatever. It's about like a mindset. It's about an attitude. And he said, it's about being like nasty. It's about being mm-hmm. physical. And that stuff I think kind of sounds maybe reductive or simple. Um, it's football, it's a physical sport. But I think there's like, I think that's good to see that the team is embracing that. And like, and they're, they're rallying around that point. And it's, it's true. It's not just word, empty words. Like, and I think Sirianni even brought up like an example of the physicality is, is playing TJ Edwards more and like having a guy in there who's like a physical tackler. Right. And having Jordan Howard out there, a guy who's just like, we're going to run. And then this Eagles offensive line, you have Jordan Mailata just throwing came Jordan on the ground with one hand. They, It's true. Like, it's not just like empty words. Like they are being a physical nasty team. And I think there's, there's something to that. And not only, not only playing like that, but like having the wherewithal to acknowledge that and like make that a rallying cry. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, like this is who we are and kind of like building up that confidence and something to, to believe in and, and good vibes and all that. So that was the the last thing I had.
2: Yeah. My has been just killing people. And, uh, Lane Johnson referred to my and, uh, Dickerson on that left side of the line, oddly as dinosaurs. But what I think he meant by that was that they're big and scary as opposed to being old, which is what I would associate dinosaurs. with. (laughs) But, uh, but Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey too, by the way, like, the, the, the block that he had where, you know, he pulled oh, yeah. from the center position and he got out on the perimeter and he just killed a guy and then he got another guy. It was on, that was on the long, uh, Miles Sanders run down the left sideline. Lane Johnson played a phenomenal game against the Saints and, you know, remains one of the best offensive tackles, not just right tackles, offensive tackles, mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL. Driscoll's gonna, done a nice job. You know, he's not like a guy that's gonna make like a highlight play or anything like that. And he's not like, you know, super strong, like my lot or Dickerson or anything like that, but he's been solid, uh, in, in Brandon Brooks's absence. So it's an offensive line Like we look every week at the offensive lines of the opponents, uh, you know, the Eagles opponents, and there are always like, like substantial weak spots somewhere along the line, usually multiple spots. From along. No better example, by the way, this week coming up against the Giants. The Eagles don't have that. Like the Eagles don't really have any weak spots along their offensive line, even though they're missing two starters in Isaac Samalo and Brandon Brooks. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think the way that they're playing right now is, is, uh, sort of the, um, the main reason for that, you know, nasty, uh, identity that, that you bring up from Sirianni and Hertz's press conferences. Um, I mean, assistant
1: coach of the year should be Jeff Stoutland, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Right. Could be coach of the year, honestly, if they gave it to assistants. (laughs) Um, uh, that's one thing. Number two has nothing to do with the Eagles, but you said dinosaur and that reminded me of one of the worst article or worst lines. The article is fine. The one of the worst lines I've ever, uh, like read in an article. And it was by someone who like, I think as a good writer too, I don't want to like put this person on blast, uh, but I guess you can look it up if I say the sentence, but like the line is just like, it's just objectively not true. And I think it was about Greg Monroe, uh, who was, you know, former NBA center, former six year at one time. And the sentence was like, Greg Monroe is literally turning into a dinosaur. And I'm like, no, he is not. Cause that is not the right. No, he's just not. That's not the right use of literally. It's just not true. It's like, he's not actually turning into a dinosaur. So, uh, What's your favorite
2: dinosaur, by the way?
1: Um, That's a good question. Um, Man, I feel like I used to have a stronger take. I used to love dinosaurs as as a kid, like, you know, lame before time, all that stuff. Uh, I'd like the stuffed animal of the stethosaurus, maybe? I forget. Um, Stegosaurus
2: with the the, the, uh, spikies on his back? Hmm,
1: I was thinking of the one that's more like camel looking, or like he kind of has the hump and the long oh, neck. Okay. You know, the, See, that's know. my favorite. That's the brontosaurus, okay. I believe. Oh, okay. Well, there you go.
2: They're, they're, um, like, they're like, they eat uh, plants and such. They're not they're okay. herbivores, not carnivores. So, I, I, I feel like, like I could be like friends with a brontosaurus.
1: Um, I mean, a triceratops is pretty fun. You know, the horns and everything. Uh, a raptor, you know, raptors are really cool. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm really bad at taking favorites sometimes. <laughs> I have to maybe think on this more. But um why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? And uh before we get a break, I'll tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Turkey, which Jimmy mentioned earlier is legitimately a good, you know, stocking stuffer um for the holiday season coming up. You can go to righteousfelon.com, use discount code BGN15. To get 15% off your order, just go just go and check it out. It's free to check out the website and see what they have, and maybe you find something you like and you understand why I promote it all the time. Because it's it's they're good quality products. Um, so do that, rightselling.com, discount code BGN for 15% off. Same discount code works at wildnaturepet.com for 15% off dog treats. Jimmy. Back after this.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Back here on BGN Radio 225. doesn't matter what the number is, but I'm saying it anyway. Jimmy, where are we going to next? Eagles-Giants,
2: buddy. It's wow. A, it's a rivalry that, of course, the Eagles have flat-out owned uh over the past decade plus now uh and it is Joe Judge's Super Bowl baby he is he there is no zero question that he had this game circled on the calendar uh, as soon as the schedule came out he was asked about uh his uh looking forward to this game or not um we're recording this by the way on what's today Wednesday uh, Wednesday afternoon right now it's 145. uh so he was asked today Wednesday about whether he was looking forward to this game or not given what Happened week 17 between the Eagles and the Washington football team, where the Eagles clearly tanked that game uh, for better draft positioning. Um, He gave a very bland, vanilla uh, answer, uh, saying that every game is basically, you know, they all mean the same thing, blah, 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 blah. But uh, very clearly, the Giants, uh, pathetic as it may be, were looking forward to to a game against a team that went 4-11-1 last year, and uh here we are. It's the Giants Super Bowl week, week twelve. Eagles, Giants.
1: I mean, they did like I I wasn't listening to you just now because I had to answer a text about something uh big important flex by me, uh, even though it wasn't about anything important. I'm getting a pumpkin pie, Jimmy. That's what's happening. I'm getting oh, someone's picking up a pumpkin pie for me, um, from someone from a friend who made it. Um, I'm not able to get it right now because so we're doing the pod and it's a busy day before Thanksgiving. Um, but anyway, uh, the Giants. Traffic Twitter was terrible.
2: Came. Sorry to cut you off. Traffic was terrible on the way home from. Uh, well, there you go. From the uh, holiday financial traffic. field today, so it was not fun driving today. So if you can avoid that, well, it's too late by the time you listen to this. But, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> but if you can avoid this in the past,
1: uh, do so. Yeah, good move by you if you did end up avoiding <laughs> it. Um, but hey, if you couldn't and you're listening to BGN Radio in your car. We appreciate you. Um, yeah. So I remember the Giants had that tweet back in the off season that was like, basically, like, like, we want the Eagles week one. You know, like, this is so stupid. And, and for what? So again, the Giants could have gotten to the wild card last year or not the wild card, but they gotten into the playoffs and then get waxed by the team that just beat them up last night. I know it's not the same season, but like, <laughs> It's literally a lot of the same team, the same yeah. Buccaneers team. Like they retain more starters than anyone in the NFL. Right. they are never going to beat same that it's team. It's the same anyway.
2: Giants team too. They're, they're really no different yeah. than they were a year ago.
1: So like it was the whole thing is silly. Um, Giants stink, man. Uh, I do think that changing their offensive coordinator from Jason Garrett to. Literally anyone else, pretty much, yes. but especially, I mean, I don't think Freddie Kittens Kiddin- is necessarily anything special, but like, I don't know. The Brown, he obviously did enough with the Browns at the end of what, 2018 to kind of convince him to hire them full time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible he's like just not really a great head coach and is more respectable even if not great necessarily as an offensive coordinator again like just better probably just by just by default than jason garrett who was terrible horrendous like and uh, and everyone knew that like no one thought I don't think anyone like in the world maybe maybe like delusional giants fans but no one thought like Jason Garrett's going <laughs> to go to the Giants and you know he's really going to make like the Cowboys regret it and the, the Giants are going to have a good offense <laughs> no it's, right. it played out exactly as everyone thought like they stink um it was uninspired. like Jason like Jason Garrett lost his play calling duty in Dallas cuz he stunk like, how did, how did the Giants ever think this was going to work out? It was really dumb. And now they have Freddie Kitchen. So I do think that is unfortunate for the Eagles. Although I will say it is kind of weird that and dumb by the Giants that they did this on a short week. Like, why did they keep Jason Garrett for the Bucks game? You know what I mean? Cause they, they had their buy before the Bucks game. They could have just fired him then. Right. Right. And then you have more time to kind of implement things with a new play caller. Like, what was the point of this? I don't
2: know. And they he said, by the way, Joe Judge said to New York reporters, that it wasn't like a snap decision, I think it was, it <laughs> yes it was over time, of course it was a snap decision, and they also think they did it. I think you wrote about this, I believe that um I think I and I agree that they that they did this in advance of the Eagles week because he really wants to win this game. so yeah. like you look at uh if you're from the Eagles perspective, like Jason Garrett has been bad, like his offense is bad, boring, and predictable. so you throw like you said. Literally anyone else in there and any kind of mystery is going to be an improvement because like, it's not like, I mean, their offensive line is straight freaking garbage, but they do have like legitimately good skill position players. I don't think Daniel Jones is a total zero. Like I think he's got, you know, some positive traits, but you look at their, so this is their offense last year when they were six and 10 and they were complaining about the Eagles tanking to not usher them into the playoffs. Points per game, uh, ranked 31st in the NFL yards per game, 31st, yards per play, 29th, red zone touchdown percentage, 31st, first downs per game, 31st, third down percentage, 29th, yards per pass attempt, 29th. And then turnovers, they had 22 of them. Daniel Jones, of course, a big offender of that in previous years, still not great last year, tied for 20th. This year, I won't go through all the ranks again, but uh, Mm -hmm. didn't improve much in any of those categories. And they remain last in the NFL In red zone touchdown percentage, so I mean that all falls on the head of Jason Garrett, in my opinion. And uh, like like you said, um, you know, long overdue that they finally got like he had apparently a lot of support with um, you know the the biggest people in the Giants organization, like the ownership or whatever for whatever for God knows what reason. Uh, But I think that's probably why he stuck around as long as he did. But it is a step sort of in the right direction for the Giants. And anything that the Eagles. Sort of like I mean they they've been game planning for for the Giants for a couple of days now um any tendencies that they picked up on Garrett I mean just throw them out the, throw them out to the, you know throw them in the garbage at this point, and you're gonna have to try to figure out like what kind of offense I mean the offense can't change much in a short week like this and already twelve weeks into the season, but um you know they can run certain plays more than they did in previous weeks and vice versa like not run a lot of the crap that probably wasn't working. But as far as picking up on tendencies goes, I mean they're they're at a little bit of a disadvantage because they don't have anything really on Freddie Kitchens and this Giants offense.
1: I mean, when I look at the Eagles defense versus the Giants offense, it comes down to what I said earlier about like it's a lesser quarterback. So Jonathan Gannon's unit should, in theory, be able to take care of that, especially when you have this big mismatch in the trenches of the eagles defensive line which i don't think has been amazing by the way necessarily recently they've been dominating but still i mean what the giants have there right now up front except for you know maybe andrew thomas at left tackle is just just like if you if the eagles can't dominate this matchup like i just i mean what are we doing here um and then like you know yeah they do have some weapons in theory like i think Kadarius tony he's done some things this year that remind me of like obj just in terms of like 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 flat, like splashy kind of flash plays. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he's necessarily anywhere as good yet. OPJ was at his peak back then, but like he's shown some potential. I think Saquon is overrated. It's like incredibly just overrated. And he can't stay healthy. Um, Don't really fear him at all. I mean, he can break a big play in theory, but like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not really necessarily worrying about that in this matchup. Um, I don't know. And that's about it, right? Like Kenny Galladay,
2: just what a horrible signing he was, by the way. Like four years, seventy-two million. He's got. I think he's barely broken. You know, three hundred receiving yards so far this year. I think he has. I think no touchdowns. I believe. Um, did you Darius, watch the Monday game? Uh, I saw. Yeah, he had one catch for whatever. So um, Lewis he Riddick was catch. Like, yeah, yeah, he was killing him. Yeah, yeah, I, I did see that. Um, he had one catch where like he was near the sideline, and it should have been a completion, but he was just standing out of bounds when he caught it. He he didn't like his body language looked bad in yeah. that game. He wasn't like blocking
1: um, hard on a couple runs. Yeah.
2: Okay. You have yeah. Darius Slayton, who uh has had big games against the Eagles, but has done nothing otherwise. Sterling Shepherd's a nice slot receiver. Uh but yeah, so their skill positions are their skill position players are fine, but they have major problems on the offensive line, as you said. They lost um uh, Shane Lemieux, who was their starting left guard Pocky before name. the season, be, uh, uh, first week one, they lost him for the season. Um, at that point, their center, Nick Gates, moved to left guard and they had traded for Billy Price just before the season had begun. He, Billy Price played center, Nick Gates played left guard. Bang, Nick Gates done for the season, week two. It was a gruesome, like gross leg injury. It was so bad that like ESPN was like, we're not showing that again. That was against uh. the, uh, That was against the Washington football team. He's done for the season. So you have two replacements in at left guard and center. The new left guard, his name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, Um, I'll cheat real quick. It is scura, Matt scura. Um, no, yeah, Matt Scar as their left guard. And then on the right side of their line, you have Will Hernandez, who had a promising rookie season in 2018, has been bad, like downright bad since that rookie season. And then Nate Solder, who was the worst tackle in the NFL. Like, I remember doing the Giants dumpster fire article uh during the 2020 offseason from his, and I, like, I found every sack that he allowed during the 2019 season. And he allowed like twenty something sacks during the 2019 season, and I put like a, a like I put like together a video compilation of of all the sacks that he allowed. It was just gross. Like I felt bad doing it, honestly. <laughs> like it was just so bad. Um. So I mean, that's the right side of their line. And as you mentioned, like the only good player potentially is Andrew Thomas. Struggled as a rookie last year. He's been significantly better this year. But that's a line that you know the Eagles should. I mean, as you said, I agree. Like. The, the Eagles' defensive line has been okay. Like it hasn't been great. But this Giants' offensive line, and I mentioned this earlier, like the Eagles have played a lot of, you know, bad offensive lines throughout the season. This is the worst of the bunch. and I don't even think it's close. Andrew Thomas and Matt Collins combined have more
1: touchdown receptions <laughs> than Jalen Rager does.
2: It's true. That's right. Their one touchdown uh, was on the tackle eligible play against the Buccaneers.
1: <laughs> uh, when it comes to Daniel Jones, I think there's, there's some truth to like, it's hard to fully 100% evaluate him with some of these, th- this poor offensive yes. line he's playing behind. But I don't, I still don't think he's like, you know, like, the, actually the best quarterback in the NFL. It's just, you know, he can't show it. Like, still makes some pretty dumb decisions sometimes. Yes. I mean, the interception he threw to like the Bucks defensive lineman was like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? There's no one there. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. he, and obviously we, it's been well documented that he fumbles the ball. He's very much prone to losing control of that. So, um, even if he can do some things, there's going to be some negative plays in there too. And which is contributing ultimately to the Giants losing. Um, so that's their offense. If we flip it around to their defense. It's not a defense that's great against the run like it was last year. Um, but this year, it's not as good. And the, it doesn't really kind of matter, apparently, if the Eagles are facing a good run defense because they can just – I do don't, don't—I mean, I don't think it's always going to be like that forever again. But for right now um, – and I also do think losing Jordan Howard, that will be interesting to see what that impact does because he was a big part. He's been a big part of this team's success recently. And the offense – didn't look as good without him against the saints like that kind of Cohen his absence you know coincided with them starting to struggle for a little bit there they, there's a couple three and outs with the saints coming back into the game so I definitely think that's relevant um but even so you know with Sanders with Scott you know maybe with Gainwell getting back into I just think they have enough there in the offensive line uh to get it going and and to to be able to do enough on the ground to have success against this defense which by the way too like why is like Patrick Graham getting like the de- like coaching buzz hype like their defensive coordinator? Like I've seen this like o- over the past couple seasons now or the, the past 2 years now. And and like recently as a f- couple weeks ago too. Like just cuz they beat the Raiders or whatever like he's getting like like coaching like, I don't get it. Like this defense isn't anything special.
2: Yeah, they, Doug, uh, back in the day used to say, we like every Friday, we would get like an off the record session with Doug. And, uh, anytime they played the Giants, they would, he would say, like, we don't like running against them because they're really big, uh, up front with, um, Dexter Lawrence, uh, who's 340 plus pounds, uh, Austin Johnson and Leonard Williams. Like they're, they're, those are the three. Delvin
1: Tomlinson at the time
2: too. Yeah. Those, those are three guys that are in there or now anyway, uh, th- this season, uh, when they're in their base defense. But, um josh norris the great josh norris of what's the name of his site
1: underdog dynasty or no no no. sorry that's sped nation um yeah uh really bad underdog some underdog
2: some just google josh Norris, underdog josh Uh, norris i think that's underdog fantasy
1: yeah that sounds right
2: yeah he uh noted on twitter that the eagles ran 30 run plays uh, out of eleven personnel, which uh, if you're unfamiliar, that's three wide receivers, a running back, and a tight end. So if you, they're running eleven personnel, the Giants can't have those three guys out on the field at the same time. Uh Williams will be out there, and and Dexter Lawrence will be out there, but they got to take that third guy off. And then, uh, just as importantly, Blake Martinez is done for the season with uh, NECL terror. Mm-hmm. He finished at least third or better uh, in tackles in each of the previous four seasons. Uh, tied for first uh, in 2017. He was, like, I think, second and then third and third again um, over the last four years. So, like, that guy is a tackle machine. Their running backs are ass. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> otherwise, I mean, they, they are just not a good group. Tay Crowder is a guy that has really struggled for them this year, and uh, I think they can take advantage of those guys, both in the run game and also with uh Dallas Goddard in the passing game. Uh Goddard being, you know, sort of 1A or 1B whatever you want to call them um in tandem with Devonte Smith in terms of the two guys that the Eagles want to make sure they get a decent number of targets to on a game on a on a game by game basis.
1: Um what could go wrong for the Eagles so, offense against this defense?
2: Uh, it's hard to see. I mean, like Leonard like, Williams Jalen Hurts is turning the ball over. Leonard Williams is a good player. So if he can make a big play, sack fumble, something like that, and it gets returned for a touchdown or something like that. I really like these corners too. Like James Bradbury is really good. Um Adore Jackson is okay. But uh James Bradbury is a is a guy that can not only, you know, cover guys, but make plays on the football. So that would be my concern as well. Um, you know, receivers not being able to get open or whatever. Other than that, like I think they're going to be able to run the ball on this team. Uh, you know, as you as you said, they ran it for 242 over the number one defense uh, a week ago, and this Giants defense is nothing close uh, to what the Saints were as a run defense. Um, so I think they're going to be able to do that. But if there were two concerns, it would be those corners who have some ability, and, and Leonard Williams, who is a legitimately good uh, player and pass rusher.
1: Yeah, I would say it looks like the 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 bad situation. The way the Eagles lose this game is the Giants somehow like get to an early lead. You know, maybe there's a big special teams play, maybe you know something. It you know Leonard Williams forcing you know a strip sack or something, and the Giants get out to this lead, and then it's like, okay, are the Eagles going to really still run the ball? Maybe they try to do that, but like Miles Sanders. Is looking kind of inconsistent and there's like a, a couple punts there. Like maybe he has a big run, big run at some point, but then he's kind of dancing and he's getting the offense set behind schedule. And uh, it gets to a point where, like, you know, James Bradbury is taking away kind of Devontae Smith or they're, or they're really kind of blanketing Devonte Smith and no one else can step up on offense. Um, like, I guess that's kind of what it looks like to me, but I don't think that's likely obviously, but I guess, um, between that and Garrett, you know, being gone, like, and then honestly the X factor of like the giants, maybe just wanting this game, like a ridiculous amount and this being like their super bowl. Um, that's, that's like how it goes for me in a bad way for the Eagles. But, uh, I think it's hard to not think the Eagles
2: are going to have success in this one. Do you think how much do you think the players care? About what happened week seventeen last year. I think
1: they care. We saw them like tweeting about it. We saw them care
2: it. that that week, but how much yeah. do you think they care right now?
1: Um, I think they care because okay. um, when was the last time they had a division game? Too, it was against the Cowboys, right? Um, it was a little bit ago. Um, coming off a bad Monday night loss. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I who knows?
2: I mean, how much do they care about the tank job last year?
1: Oh, um, I think a little bit. I think more than none.
2: Okay. You got any other uh, notable matchups before we move on? Uh, No. I'm just looking here. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much all I got, too. All right. If you're looking to buy or sell your house, call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. By the way, uh, we're going to dinner for Stephanie Roach of Roach Realtors' birthday uh, today. So... Uh, that'll be fun, good times Well, I'm sure there will be a lot of real estate talk that I will tune out uh, While I have my dinner And a drink or two uh, But if you're looking to buy or sell your house Call Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors 856-906-9295 I'll repeat that 856-906-9295 Brandon Roach Realtors.com.
1: Back after this
2: Kristen Rocha of Roach Tours, Roach trail Tours, Roach trail Tours. Kristen Rocha of Roach Tours. She's the greatest. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine five. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine
0: five.
2: Nine two here on
1: BGN Radio for our final segment Jimmy it's time to predict this week's games our NFL picks against the spri- uh, spread spread um not the spread uh, PCs. <laughs> I am now 27 and 30 below 500 Ugh, against the spread this year you are 24 and 33 so you're Ooh, even behind up, me baby. still Um, You catch up to me a little bit. It doesn't matter. No one cares about these records. Uh, Eagles picks straight up. I am eight and three. You are seven and four. Um, Let's get into the picks this week, starting Jimmy with the Las Vegas Raiders who are going to play the Dallas football Cowboys on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys are seven and a half point favorites coming off a game where they did not score a touchdown. And just to go in on the Cowboys real quick, even though I did on the mixtape, I don't care that you're missing Tyron Smith. And Amari and like, <laughs> the Chiefs yeah. defense, I know they've been playing better recently, but they've been, it's not like one of the best defenses in the NFL all of a sudden. And he couldn't score a freaking touchdown. And you had the supposed MVP. Like, I don't want to hear about Dak Prescott MVP if you can't freaking score a touchdown against the Chiefs. Um, so, uh, I do think the Cowboys will bounce back this week in part because I just don't know how you can look at the Raiders and like point to anything right now and be like, I feel good about that. It's just like the defense has kind of fallen off. Derek Carr isn't playing as well. It's in Dallas. It's Thanksgiving. I think the Cowboys are going to bounce back, even though um, they have some issues uh, with Amari still being out. It seems like they might be getting Tyron back, so that's a big deal if he can play. Um, So I'll take the, you know, I'll I'll actually take the points in this game. I'm going to say the Raiders cover, but the the Cowboys are going to win, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, it's crazy how much they rely on, the health of Tyron Smith, by the way, like he's missed three, the last three games. Um, they lost two of those against the Broncos. He like, I forget who, the name of his replacement. Uh, Terrence Steele, I think maybe he gave up two really bad sacks to like a seventh round pick it's like a Broncos seventh round pick. Uh, he just got like roasted around the edge. And, you know, like they have proven in the past that like they struggle when he doesn't play. And he reminds me a little bit of like, mid 30s Jason Peters in that you know he's still good but you know he's going to get hurt at some point and they got to be terrified of about him like not being good to go i mean he's, he's going to play this week but um they got to be terrified about him getting hurt again and not being able to play during the playoffs or whatever uh but i'm with you i have the cowboys winning this game i do have them i do have them covering however okay uh i think they responded to their loss uh to the Broncos very well by just blasting the the Falcons 43 to three. I think it was that final score. And I think they'll uh, respond in this game on Thanksgiving. Uh, nothing better than a Thanksgiving where you get shots of a really pissed off Jerry Jones in the owner's box. So I know we're all rooting for that. Even if you're just, even if you, whether you're an Eagles fan or just a football fan or whatever, always fun to see, uh, while you're digesting your turkey. So, uh, Uh, next game, Buccaneers minus three at Colts. Who you got?
1: I'm going to take the Buccaneers. Um, I know the Colts had a big game against the Bills, which is surprising because the Bills had a good run defense and somehow it didn't really matter because Jonathan Taylor just paved Mm -hmm. his way through. Carson Wentz had like 106 yards passing in this game. He completed 55% (laughs) of his attempts, but sure, he's really the real reason why the Colts are winning. Carson Wentz is back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to take the Bucks. I know they're coming off a short week, but, I think, you know, it was a bad game against Washington, but I think Brady is back. Uh, I think the Bucks ability to stop the run, as we've seen uh, in the past is going to limit the damage that Jonathan Taylor can do. Ultimately, I think they have the linebackers and the defensive line, and the personnel to kind of uh, keep him at bay. And I think Carson Wentz is not going to be able to carry the Colts with his arm. And thus I think the Bucks are going to win this game
2: and cover. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. Todd Bowles is going to do everything he can to to stop Jonathan Taylor, and whether they do completely or not, uh, they'll be they'll have more success against him than you know recent teams have. So I'm with you. I'm, I'll take the Buccaneers, and I will also pick them to cover the three points. All right, Panthers minus well, two. Real quick on that, I okay. will say
1: like need need it would be like need the Colts to not. Like, make the playoffs here, you know, for the, sake yes. of the Eagles first round pick. Need, like, you know, a nice, like, it would be nice if the Bucks could win this game. Titans a
2: shaky loss, by the way, to the uh, Texans last week.
1: I'm not, like, so I talked about this on the uh, the Oddcast, the ESPN NFL show. Cause I, I still have the Titans number two in my power rankings. Like, I said before that game, I took the Texans plus 10 in that game mm-hmm. when, in my weekly picks. Because, like, if you looked at their schedule, they had, like, five straight games that were really tough. And they won them all to their credit. And then they have the Patriots next week, and then they had the Texans this week. I'm like, this is a classic letdown slash trap game. Like they were absolutely and they were really banged up. I, I know it's not great, like their quarterback threw four interceptions, and maybe that could be a sign of more struggles to come. I do think they'll beat the Pats and bounce back. Pats but, are um, like six but,
2: point favorites in that game, by the way.
1: Well, I'm gonna take the Titans. I think the Titans bounce back and uh <laughs> I still think they win the AFC South, but geez, it would not be great. Uh if I was wrong about that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, Panthers minus two at Dolphins. Who you got? Oh, man. This is the other really disappointing thing here. I mean, that Ravens, the freaking Ravens screwed (laughs) the Eagles in a huge way. Um, Although, these next couple games that the Dolphins have, like the Dolphins might not be picking top ten when you look at their schedule here because they still get to play um, the Jets again. And then I think they get – Giants. Who do they have? I got it right here. It's
2: Panthers, Giants, Jets all at home. So they have three straight home games, Panthers, Giants, Jets – then they're they're all uh, winnable they're in New Orleans they're in Tennessee and then they have New the pa- is they have the
1: Patriots at home so like I don't think they're picking in the top 10 which you know they, I don't think they're making the playoffs to be clear but they're not going to be picking in the top 10 which the Eagles might not have a top 10 pick at all when we thought they might have three first round picks at one point so that's disappointing um I'm gonna take the Dolphins with the points here I am not buying like cam fully um I know he looked okay in his first game back or whatever but I'm not on that. I think the Dolphins do have some positive momentum, momentum rolling for them, and getting points at home. Uh, why not?
2: Yeah, I have the Dolphins winning this game outright because uh, I'm with you. The Panthers suck, and uh, the Dolphins at least. Dolphins have won three straight games. By the way, <laughs> like they they won their Week One game, and then they lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight, and then they've won three straight uh i two games that were against you know the texans and the jets and they actually struggled a little bit with the jets uh last week but um i do like what this defense does where they're just like screw it and they just blitz the living crap out of, a, out of their opponents uh so uh they, they're at least a fun team to watch when they're on defense and uh yeah i, I haven't win this game outright because I don't, I don't i don't buy this panthers team even a little bit then that brings us to the seahawks
1: at The football team, the football team, one point favorites, only one point favorites, uh, despite winning their last two games, uh, over the Bucks, obviously, and then the aforementioned Panthers here. So, um, I think it's really hard to bet on the Seahawks right now because Russell Wilson, I think, just isn't like healthy or that team Mm -hmm. just isn't right. There's the vibes are way, way off with them. Um, I think it's really, it's like, it's, it's like, how, what are you putting your faith in in the Seahawks right now? That Russell Wilson's going to bounce back in a big way. I guess that's possible, but like, man, like if that was going to happen, wasn't it going to be last week when it was like basically a must win game for them? Like, I don't know. It seems like too little, too late. I think Heineke is actually playing well recently and maybe you can kind of keep that up and uh, I will take the football team to win this game and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but
2: like they're hanging around. They're not, they're not in the grave just yet. Yeah. I have the football team winning this game too. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson missed those three games with uh, the broken middle finger, whatever, whatever finger. It doesn't matter. Um, He recovered faster than I think uh, people were anticipating. And maybe he recovered a little too fast. (laughs) But anyway, he's back and uh, he's been back for two games. And in the two games that he's played, the Seahawks have scored a combined 13 points. They got shut out in one game and they scored 13 in the other. So um, yeah, their offense has been off. Their defense has been good all year. And um, I wonder how much his trade value... Is going to get hurt by the way that he's if he continues to play anyway uh, down the stretch the way that he's sort of looked uh, these last two weeks. And what are the Seahawks? Or what are they even going to get? At, what are they even going to get for him if they do trade him this offseason? season? Um, so that'll be a fun thing to watch the Seahawks getting screwed over if Russell Wilson doesn't play well down the stretch. Maybe they just keep him. Um, but uh, I have the football team winning this game too because I'm with you. Uh, they've looked a lot better than they did early in the season. Their defense, really, by the way, football team defense, by the way, like for all year, we were yeah. talking about how, like, they've allowed either the most points or the second most points in the NFL. They've corrected that. Like, I think their defense in particular has played a lot better as the season has worn on.
1: Well, it never made any sense. Like, they shouldn't, like, you can right. say, like, okay, maybe they're not going to be as good as last year, but they shouldn't be, like, abysmal. It shouldn't be, like, worse in the league. That just doesn't, that doesn't, there's no sense to that. Like, right. Right. You know, Jack Del Rio, I don't think. No, we're necessarily the biggest fans of him, but like (laughs) he's a veteran NFL defensive coordinator. Like he knows what he's doing to some extent. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just the talent on that team, like it shouldn't be like a total joke, like pathetic unit. Um, so they've bounced back and course corrected a little bit there. And yeah, another interesting little wrinkle potentially. In the uh, NFC playoff picture slash the NFC East picture here, like again, another no, they have life. I don't know, you know, how far they're going to go, but they have big division games at the end of the season. Like if they if they get hot and make a run at this thing, they could, you know, I don't know, they could make some noise. Um, but you know, they, they have, to they have be the good Seahawks players first. too on
2: offense too. Like McLaurin is awesome, and uh, oh, yeah, I, I like Gibson great. as a as a as, you know as a as a runner and as a receiver out of the backfield. Their offensive and, line is fine. Like it's not great, but and they're it's getting. Fine.
1: They're getting yeah. Logan Thomas back soon.
2: Uh huh. Actually, he's supposed to be so, back this week, I think.
1: Well, that's a big deal. He's their top tight end. That right. brings us to the Philadelphia Football Eagles, Jimmy. Three-and-a-half point favorites at the New York Giants. And when this line opened at three, the Eagles being favored by three, I was like <laughs> – and this was before the Giants played the one-day <laughs> right, football. I'm right, like, yeah. this is a steal. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Like, get the – Bet now if you can. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook app you can use promo code SBN NFL for a special offer on there. Um yeah, I mean this is just like a no brainer to me. The Eagles own the Giants historically, which I don't know. Like, does that mean everything? Not necessarily because there's different players and coaches throughout. But I think it, there is something to like a mentality of we always own this team. Yes. And it doesn't mean they're going to take it for granted, but like it, it's like a confidence. It's like we always beat this team and we're rolling. We're going to go into their house where there aren't even going to be a lot of Giants fans because Giants fans aren't wonder, going to yeah, that game.
2: Point. I hadn't thought about that. I wonder what that's going to look like, what their stadium's going to look it's gonna like. It's going to be a
1: takeover. It's going to be a takeover. It's going to be a lot of Eagles fans there. And uh, I think, you know, this team, this Eagles team is rolling. I, I have full confidence in this defense when it comes to playing quarterbacks who aren't great and especially behind a really bad offensive line. So, you know, it's a division game. It's the Giants Super Bowl. Maybe this it's not a total blowout. I'm not going to say, like, the Eagles win this game like 40 points or something. But I do think they ultimately win. And I'll take them to cover. I say, like, they win, let's say, by a score of – well, when the Eagles do win, they do blow teams out. They that do, is an yeah. interesting thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say though, uh, and I've like only been predicting close wins, which is funny. All right, so let's say like a ten point win. I'm going to say like thirty to twenty Eagles win.
2: Yeah, their wins this year: thirty-two to six over the Falcons, uh, Panthers game was close 21 20, excuse me twenty-one eighteen uh, Lions was forty-four to six, of course, a familiar score there, uh, and Broncos was thirty to thirteen. Saints last week was 40 to 29, but they are up 33 to 7 in that game. So I think we could like call that like a kind of sort of blowout with some garbage time thrown in there. Uh but yeah, I like the Eagles obviously in this game. The Giants just don't have a very talented team and they seem like they're a mess and they're not very well run from a front office perspective and I don't think their coaching staff is good. So like there's not really a lot to to point to with the Giants off. where uh where you go, okay, well they have that and they have this and they have that. They don't have anything really. So uh I like the Eagles and I will gladly lay three and a half points. Um I'm with you. I think it'll it'll be a win in the you know, like the ten to uh seventeen point range. I think it's a comfortable win that they and they put this game away early fourth quarter. Any final thoughts, Jimmy? <sighs> uh no. I just, are I do you like your point. for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Like, I'm thankful for Philly voice. They've, I actually just <laughs> LinkedIn informed me that it was just my seven year anniversary with Philly voice. Wow. So I've been with them for seven years. I was with Philly.com for a year and a half or so. So I'm thankful to be able to where do where were you before that? This, the Allentown morning call. Where and are you before that? Also, bleedinggreennation.com. Hey, there and it is. And I had my own blog, bloggingthebeast.com. Um, those that's long gone, uh, but yeah, I'm thankful to be able to do this as my job. I'm thankful for uh, my friends, my family. Uh, I'm thankful for Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, and I'm thankful for you, buddy, most of all. Uh, and uh, the podcast that you and I share together. Love you, buddy.
1: Thanks, buddy. That's nice of you to say. <laughs> uh, I think my pumpkin pie is just getting here, so I'm really <laughs> thankful for that. Uh, very cool. Um, that's the knock on my door. Um, do you have uh, anyone to phone? answer that? I'm going to oh, go get it just, in a second. They, okay. We're wrapping up the pot. Um, uh, I just told my friend Zach to just leave it outside. Thank Shout out to Zach for picking it up. Um, uh, shout out to Erica for baking the pie. Uh, Jimmy, I'm thankful for you as well and the podcast. It's it's been really fun. I think some of the, the past couple of weeks here. And the, you know, and the, sorry,
2: I I left out I'm sorry to cut you off, but I left out the listeners and the readers as well. Well that's what's going Without, get to, of without them, yeah. I wouldn't uh I wouldn't have the job that I have.
1: Well, I think to that point, it's been really fun. You know, the past couple of weeks, the Eagles doing a little better and they're being more juice. And I think getting the interaction, seeing the interaction uh on Twitter. Uh We we love interacting, you know, with you guys and hearing the feedback. So we really appreciate that. It's a lot of fun for us. I hope it's fun for you too. Hope, you know, you have some fun listening to the show. That would be nice. If that was the case, I think you do. Maybe sometimes at least. Um So, yeah, good vibes right now. Going into Thanksgiving, thankful for all those things. Uh, like you said about the listeners, Jimmy, uh, my family, uh, my friends, um, you know, wishing everyone health, happiness, safe holiday, eat a lot of good food. And on the notion, the note, notion on the point about food, either one works. Uh, hashtag BGN good eats. I went to Tony Bologna's in Atlantic City last weekend. Because they have a taco pizza i've had this before i might have talked about it on the podcast before it's on my instagram you can check it out at brandon gouton um the taco pizza i didn't post what i got this week which is i did get the taco pizza the small version not the large i also had a couple of sandwiches and one of them is called the bologna rex jimmy i'll send you a video mm, maybe
2: um, the dinosaur reference in this episode huh it's,
1: it's funny it's uh <laughs> it's i don't know why it's happening but it is so it's this huge like it's like a short rib sandwich and you like, there's this giant rib in it and you pull it out. It's kind of like, just for, I think for the, like just the fun experience, okay. but the actual, like the meat in that sandwich is so tender and so good. So it's like fall. Off, they, it's
2: like, so the rib is was like, it's cooked with the rib on. The rib there. is just the bone. It's not just for decoration, but like it actually I, was cooked on that rib and, and, and they're just, it might've been. And they're, yeah. they're like, uh, they're demonstrating they, that it's fall off the bone. Well, I mean, it's already taken off the bone at that point. Okay. I think All they right. include the All
1: bone. Right. Um, that's part of just like the fun of it because it's like ridiculous. You're getting this huge, you know, rib. Um, but it's really good. The sandwich is really, really. So if you're ever in A- AC or they have other locations too, I think like they're in Long Beach. Um, uh, not Long Beach, Long Branch. Am I think Long else? Branch? probably, yeah. yeah, Long Branch and like Hoboken and AC and maybe another location. But, uh, yeah, really good. So check them out. Um, and I think that's about it. Uh, we didn't even get into Thanksgiving food this year, but we don't need to because yeah, it's not like good I anyway. I think I smoked
2: you in the uh, Thanksgiving side. Was it just sides only or was it, it was just a any?
1: Full on draft. Yeah, okay. I'm still right about this. Oh, did you wait? Did you see the Matthew Judon thing where he was like, mac and cheese is bad? What is this? This is garbage. <laughs> it's like garbage take.
2: Actually, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because I just recorded a thing for. Uh, i don 't i don't remember the exact t v station but uh the, a, a dallas t v station was doing some feature on the cowboys mac and cheese that they serve uh, at a t and t stadium so uh they came to me being the being being america 's um, uh preeminent authority on press box food spreads uh, they came to me and asked for my opinion on the cowboys mac yes. and cheese and i was uh all too eager to say yes to that and contribute to that. So that's uh, that's going to be out today, uh, a day in advance mm. of of Thanksgiving. Wow. But mac and cheese, of, like that's that's insanity if somebody doesn't like – how do you not like mac and cheese? Like, well, he is, tried to like – It's insanity.
1: He, he tried to like slander it by being like, it's just cheese and noodles. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> well, that's yeah, good. That's, that's what's great about it. That's that's the yeah. feature of it. Like, Like how does that – it. That's like being like, you know what pizza is? Pizza's just like dough and sauce and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. hey, great. That's what I want. Please yes. give me more of that. Um, so whatever. Um, I hope the Patriots lose out uh, and Matthew <laughs> Judon doesn't get a single sack the rest of the season. Terrible. Terrible food take. Um, I do believe in, in mac and cheese as a Thanksgiving side. I've never really had it growing up. I feel like it's more like a regional or maybe, you know, certain families do it. Certain uh, others don't. I want it in my life more because I like mac and cheese a lot. <laughs> um, I, I want what's your life favorite life. Thanksgiving uh, must-have dish? Like, if you could only have one thing, let's say for Thanksgiving, what would you take?
2: Uh, so you know, mac and cheese aside, because we have mac and cheese too.
1: And I'm talking about savory. I'm not going to talk about dessert so, here.
2: So my favorite thing on Thanksgiving, I think, is so I I, I get these. Uh, they're they're biscuits, but they're uh, they're Pillsbury. And there are more specifically there the honey butter biscuits. Honey butter. Pillsbury. Biscuits. They are freaking delicious. <laughs> They're like the ones that like you can peel, like you know, Ooh, you just, the layers? just keep yeah. peeling layers off. Like you can peel like nine, ten layers off of one biscuit. Uh or you can make them as thick or as thin as you want, slap some butter on top of the uh the honey butter flavor. Just fantastic. That's my, like, I'll eat like three or four of those on Thanksgiving.
1: So, I did a special podcast, uh, Thanksgiving preview for the Espionation NFL show, which everyone to listen to and check out if they haven't already. Um, and we were talking about this with RJ, uh, who you know, Jimmy, and, and stats as well. But RJ was saying that his thing was rolls, like, he'll down like seven, eight rolls. Like, he yeah. loves rolls. So, I thought it was kind of funny. You picked a bread too. I love bread. So, but like, if I can only have one thing, um, there's one thing that just really been in my mind recently and, uh, I never had this for Thanksgiving, but you could because you're having mashed potatoes. But my aunt Deanna makes these like cream cheese mashed potatoes and it's just like next level. Like they're okay. even better than regular mashed potatoes. I think regular mashed potatoes are good, but they can be a little boring sometimes, like a little yeah. too straightforward. It's just like mashed potatoes. Like I, you gotta, I like adding a little bit more in there, giving it a little bit more of a, you know pizzazz or something special, something different about it. So yeah, a little juice, a little, (laughs) add a little juice to your mashed potatoes. Um, so I hope everyone has a really good Thanksgiving and, uh, enjoys this conversation. Weigh in with your Thanksgiving food takes hashtag BGN Thanksgiving.
2: I got one more Um, for you. One, one more, one more. So like also as an appetizer, I think this is more for Christmas for me, but I've done them on Thanksgiving before, but like, you know, like those pigs in a blanket, like those little mini hot dogs, and yes. um, you can buy them frozen or whatever; they're already wrapped or whatever, and you just throw those in the oven. Garbage! What, <laughs> don't do that. Get like the actual bag of the little mini hot dogs, and again, going back to the Pillsbury, get the crescent rolls, and then you wrap the hot. And also, like, well, so I won't just wrap the hot dogs in them. I'll also get cheese, like, um, uh, like craft, uh, uh, you know, white American singles. singles. And uh, I'll tear off a little piece of cheese and I'll put that on top of the hot dog. And then you wrap them in the crescent roll and then you throw those in the oven for 12, 14 minutes or whatever. Delicious. Like they're so much better than the frozen pigs in a mm. blanket that you just buy in the frozen aisle and whatever. Uh, yeah, those are always a huge hit. Again, I associate those more with Christmas. But again, I've had mm. them also on Thanksgiving. Or of me, the most on Thanksgiving. I think
1: cheese is an underrated hot dog topping to me. Like everyone's it's like, agreed. what's your favorite hot dog topping? People say like, mustard, ketchup, sure. whatever, relish. Like to me, if I can only have one, like let's say I can only have one thing, I'd rather have cheese. Like cheese alone will like just do that. Like cheese and a hot dog is, is a really good combo. Um, all right, Jimmy, that does it for BGN radio episode 225. Again, hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. We're thankful for you all. Um, before we go. If you do want to get on the conversation, like I said, hashtag BGN Thanksgiving. You could tweet at us at Brandon Gowton, at Jimmy Kemsky, at BGN underscore radio, at bleeding green. Uh, those are all the Twitter plugs. I'm also on Instagram too, at Brandon Gowton. Check out my work at bleedinggreennation.com, Jimmy Kemsky's work here at Phillyvoice.com. You know, make sure you subscribe, rate review to the podcast here. So you get all of our great episodes, not just BGN radio, but the other shows we have here on the feed including the NFC Mixtape, which, again, I just put out the other day. So that's a good one, I think. Um, and then the SB Nation NFL show as well. A lot of good content in there about league-wide stuff. And with the Eagles kind of being more nationally relevant, we can talk about them a little bit more as opposed to when they're just terrible and uninteresting. So that's fun, too. So you can get some good Eagles talk there as well as here on the Blue Green Nation podcast feed. So, uh yeah, that just about does it. Jimmy will be here next week after the Eagles beat the Giants and get back to 500. They'll be six and six.
2: Goodbye and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. P-G-N.